This is Matthew Hester, Senior Pastor at Dominion Church. I want to thank you for joining us this week on the Dominion Church podcast experience. Our podcast aims to deliver truth from God's Word concerning His kingdom and your righteous identity as His beloved child. Please subscribe to this podcast, leave a review, and do share it with a friend. We pray that you are blessed, challenged, and changed by what you're about to hear. Praise the Lord. Well, guys, this is it's, 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 it's an honor for me to be standing here before you all. But first of all, before we even get started, we know that the founder of this ministry has went on to be with the Lord. So, so we just want the family to know that you're in our prayers. We love you guys. Whatever you need, just ask. And we'll be trying to, and we'll be there for you. And I know the whole house, uh, this whole this ministry feels that way toward uh, the Hester family. Amen? Amen. We love you guys. And we know it's a, uh, it, it can be a little tough, but I just heard you when you're talking about the trace. And it seems like nobody's there, but he's there. And um, as I was listening to one of the songs uh, earlier, it was saying that, uh, He's never let me go. <laughs> and I was sitting there listening to that. I said, at my times, he didn't let me go. He promised me that. Then nothing can separate me from the love of Jesus Christ. Nothing. Nothing. And he has never let me go. He has always been there. Amen? Amen. And I have a word that's been kind of resonating in my spirit, a quick word, and it's, this word is, is radical obedience brings about radical success. Now that's for somebody. So probably from the start with me. I'm going to start with me. Radical obedience. When everybody else thinks it's not possible, Equals, equals radical success. Because you're out of the way. Amen? Man. The radical obedience means you done got out of the way and you're doing what the Spirit is leading you to do. You're being obedient to what He has instructed you to do. No matter how it looks to you. you can't, we can't look at everything in the natural. We have to look at it from the spiritual aspect. And how about this? And I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but we're, but I talk about this all the time. I can't get away from it because, I'm, hey, I'm a kingdom man. I'm just going to say it because that's where I'm at. And, 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 and that's what resonates with me is, is that, you know, uh, we're seated there on high. So we look down on those issues, on those situations. And we can hear the Father because we have access to him. Amen? And I know I kind of talk about that every time I get up here, but hey, that's just kind of where I'm at right now. And, and when I was uh, uh, studying for a word for 
this Sunday and I heard Apostle Matt was talking about the church and some of the things that we need to do as a church and I was just saying, you know what, that's resonating with me again. And so our topic for today is hope in a glorious church. Now, I got a lot of this information from um, Kingdom Culture, um, Discipling Nations. And it's a, it's a book that Bethel Church did back in 2017. I just happened upon it because a couple of weeks ago I was doing a teaching on kingdom culture. And I was doing some research and I found that. And I said, Lord, I said, this is good now. So you can look it up on the internet. Be a good study. But I'm giving uh, dues to whom I got this information. I used a lot of it. But a lot of it resonates with me already. So I said, well, thank you, Lord. So then it helps me to be able to even uh, release it even better or more plainly. Amen? Because that's what the teachings are about in the body of Christ anyway. It's for everybody. Amen? Amen. Amen. So now, we're going to start off with defining the core value of a glorious church. What is the core value? What, what would your core values be? And, and so we'll start with the church is the bride of Christ, and she will successfully fulfill his great commission to make disciples of all nations, which means the nations will experience transformation. Now, every time we hear the word nations, then we think we need to go overseas. But the nation is right here. Nations is talking about pe uh, people, individuals. We have nations here in the United States. So we don't need to go across the water. We have nations right here that can be transformed. Amen? Amen, amen. So in Ephesians, now we're going to be running through some scriptures here today. And I was kind of laughing with uh, Apostle Matt and I said, well, you know what? I haven't got my laptop yet. I said, but I kind of marked my pages. So I can kind of rip through it a little quicker. Amen? And, and laughter brings health to the bones, okay? So, you know, and that's where we need to be. But uh, Ephesians 5, 25 and 27, and most of us know that scripture. It says, husbands, love your wives first as Christ, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Now, when we're talking about core values, this is what we believe. And I believe that. Okay? So, Matthew 28, 16, um, Let's go to, uh, I'm sorry, let's go to Acts 1, verse 1, chapter 1, verse 8. But ye shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So we as the bride of Christ we will successfully fulfill the call that God has on us as a church. Amen? Amen. 
Now, some other scriptures, if you have a pen, Psalms 2 and 8, Revelation uh, 11 and 15, Isaiah 5, 54, 3 and 5, uh, Isaiah 61 through 5, and, and the whole chapter of uh, Acts 2. We must work as a church to leave a legacy and an inheritance for the future generations. And I've heard you talk about that, Apostle Matt, and I heard other leaders talk about that. That, that is what we're supposed to do, is leave a legacy. Amen? And just as previous generations have done for us, while anticipating Christ's glorious return, we simply do not know when he will come, which should inspire us to have a long-term earthly vision. And, and I'll never forget when I, when I heard this before, excuse me, is that our floor our ceiling will be the floor for the next generation they will build from our ceiling that'll be the floor that they'll start with so we will be then left a legacy with them they have something to build on too amen and that's the legacy that we as the as dominion will leave for the next generation. Amen, amen. Um, Proverbs 13, 22, it says, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children, children's children, by the wealth of the sinner, but the, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. We can also look at our 2 Timothy. Let's go to 2 Timothy 2 and 12. Y'all just kind of bear with me here because I'm going to be going through some scriptures. And it says, 2 Timothy 2 and 12. Two and I'm sorry, not 2 and 12. 2 Timothy 1 and 2. Uh -huh. 2 Timothy Second chapter, verses one and two. You therefore, my sons, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Here, Apostle Paul is speaking to his son, Timothy, and he establishes a pattern for the preservation and the transmission of the gospel. Apostolic teaching is to be passed on to succeeding generations without addition or alterations. And this is what we are doing when, when we give the pure gospel, when we leave that. Amen? Amen. We are not looking to escape the world but to see Christ's victory manifested in individuals and nations, even in the face of resistance and conflict. We're not running away, if I could say it like this, from the battle. We're running to it. We're not afraid. We're not operating in a place of fear. Amen? John 17, verses 15 through 18 
Also, you can look at Luke 10, verses 2 and 3. And that one I'll read. And then, he, and then he said to them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I send you out as among wolves. John 16, says, even in the midst of, a persecution there is joyful peace in the certainty of Christ's victory and we know that Jesus had a victory he's the victory has already been done the victory has already been accomplished it was accomplished at the cross it's already a thing that's already been done even as I've heard uh uh, Apostle Matt say this before and Matthew I'm just using you today because some of these things just come back I never forget when you was preaching some years ago and you said God has already done everything that we need to need to be done we're just walking into it you're walking into what God has already prepared for you you know the word of God says the kingdom of, of, of heaven or the kingdom of God was already, is, is already there, has already been prepared, is, is, is waiting on you to enter in and to do the things that he's called you to do. Amen? 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 The church is called to overcome in all circumstances, in times of suffering and persecution, but also in times of prosperity and great influence. John 1633 these things I have spoken to you that in me you have peace in the world you will have tribulation but be of good cheer for I have overcome the world revelation 3 and 5 he who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. In verse 21 in, Rome, in our Revelation 3, it says, To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. And Jesus overcame every obstacle that was placed before him. The word of God says that Jesus pressed in even more when he knew he had to be crucified. He pressed in to carry out and fulfill the will of the Father. And that is the same thing that, he's, that, that we are called to do, to press in and to fulfill those things. Amen? Amen. Isaiah 41.10, have another scripture for you. It says, fear not. For I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will, will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And other uh, scriptures would be 1 John 4 and 4 and uh, 1 John 5 and 4. What does all of this mean? What, what, what am I talking about? The church, both the local and globally, may not be glorious yet, but the Lord has promised she will be so. 
So we love and serve our church into becoming the glorious bride she was created to be. And we can run to Ephesians 5, and some of these scriptures I'll probably read again, uh, verses 25 through 27. So bear with me here a minute as I turn there. And I'm going to get me a laptop one of these days. <laughs> I always told people, I said, well, the dinosaurs are not here because they couldn't adapt. I said, I'm going to adapt. I said, it is going to happen with me. Amen? Amen. Yes, I am. I'm flexible. Ephesians 5 and 25 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he may sanctify, and I already read this before, and cleanse her with the washing of the water of the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle, any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. But our other scripture uh, could be uh, Ephesians 4, 11, verses 11 through 16. And it says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Still, we all come to the unity of faith, of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ from whom the whole body joined and knitted together by what joint supplieth according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. And love is the key to all of this because when you operate in love, you can cause growth to come. Not only do you cause growth to come um, within the, the, the body, but you grow because you are precious stones too fitted into the house. And we're some of us, we're still trying to figure out or learn where we are fitting in in this building. Amen? Because we're part of the universal church. Amen? Amen? So we need to find our part and we need to do our part. Okay? So, um, so we need to serve our church into becoming the glorious bride she was called to be. So we need to serve faithfully at the house where we have been planted. We need to be open to hear what needs to be done. We need to be uh, able to hear the voice of the Lord and, and be led by the voice of the Lord. For he says, and my sheep know my voice and they will follow no other. So as we're hearing the voice of the Lord, 
we can move forward in the things that God has for dominion here. Amen? And let's uh, go to Galatians real quick. Galatians 6. Galatians 6, verses 1 and 2. And this is how we show our love also. And this is how houses are built. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. He wasn't talking about you beating them over the head. He said, restore them in a spirit of what? Of gentleness. Considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. And it says again in verse 2, it says, Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Amen? And some other scriptures could be Revelation 19, 7 through 9. That, 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 that is another great scripture to, if you get time, look that up. It says that we are called to be light of the world and not the light of the church. Light of the world and not the light of the church. Let's go to Luke 4 and 18 verses 18 through 21. Luke 4, 18. And it reads, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Luke makes it clear that he, Jesus, passed the same ministry on to his disciples. And that can be proven through, let's go to Luke 9. Luke 9, verses 1 and 2. And Dr. Luke said in verse, in chapter 9, verses 1 through 2, he says, Then he called, Jesus, called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over the, all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. This same ministry that he gave it to his disciples, he also ultimately gave it to the church. Let's go to Acts 1. Verses uh, 1 and 2. Bear with me here. And it reads, 
Joanne, I'm going to have to get me a laptop, honey. I'm going to have to hurry up and get one. <laughs> Acts 1 and 2, uh, verses 1 through 2. And it says, In the former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. Now we know that the apostles that, that he had chosen, they were given the instructions and what they needed to do and they passed that on to the body of Christ. They passed that on through, through, through the word, through tradition. Amen? And let's go to um, we shall seek disciples. Let's go here. Can't talk about all of them anyway. We seek to disciple individuals, families, cities, and nations because the kingdom of this world has become and is becoming the kingdom of our God. And we can start with Matthew 28, and most of us know that scripture. Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. But I'll just like to read it anyway. And it reads, And Jesus came, and spoke to them. And this is the Great Commission. All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And I'm just going to include verse 20. Say, teaching them, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you and lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the earth. We are to put our trust in God and not in the prosperity and power of governments. For we know that Philippians 3 and 20 says that for our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the, wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I like this. I go to Jeremiah 17. Five and eight. Jeremiah 17, five through eight. Thus says the Lord, curses the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. For he shall be like a scrub, shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness and assault land which is not established. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river, and will not fear when the heat comes, 
We'll not fear when adversity comes. We'll not fear when trouble comes. We'll not fear when tribulation comes. Amen? We'll not fear when the heats come, but its leaf will be green. No matter what happens, you will always blossom. You will always be green. You will always be fruitful because radical obedience brings radical success. No matter what's going on around you, if you're being obedient to what the Lord has called you to do, it will be successful. Amen? And will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor cease from yielding fruit. And let's go and look at another one. Let's go to Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12, verses 28 and 29. I'm getting there. All right. Verse 28 and 29 reads, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. Amen? Believers are to be equipped to live a natural, supernatural lifestyle so that they can bring transformation to their areas of influence. And I've already read that one scripture from Ephesians 4, 11 through uh, 16 when it talks about us maturing the body. The ones that are in the place to do that, you cause the body to grow by you walking out your area of calling in the body. And also, we can keep in mind that in our area of influence, we can, we can cause situations to actually change because of the very fact we're carrying out and walking out that call that God has on our life. There are apostles in education. There are apostles in, in, in uh, medicine. There are pastors in education. There are pastors. Some are pastors are janitors, but they're carrying out their call. They're doing what they're supposed to do. And guess what? People are looking at their lives and not so much as far as their position in the earth because your life will speak for itself. Amen. Amen. See, you can talk the talk, but can you walk the walk? Can you put shoe leather to what the Lord has been telling you? Can you put shoe leather to it? Can you walk it out? Can you fulfill that? Amen? Hebrews 10 and 24 says, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works because we were created for good works we are the workmanship of our Lord and the Savior Jesus Christ amen we are the workmanship and we were created for what for good works for good works where do we do the good works we just don't do the good works here 
And I'm not trying to be repetitious, but we don't just do the good works here at the church. We do the good works at home. We do the good works on our jobs. We carry out the good works when we're at the grocery store. How about when you see a need there and you're walking by somebody and the Holy Spirit say, uh, you need to help them with that grocery. That's right. Anybody didn't have that happen? We have. <laughs> we were sitting there watching somebody, figuring up, and they had their little calculators, and they were trying to buy some grocery, and Joanne and I were there. It was, um, it was a weeknight, and um, <laughs> I said, Joanne, we walked on around the curve, you know, the aisle, and I said, you know, I believe we're supposed to go back and, uh, and help these individuals. So we walked back around and came back around, and and this is our testimony. We just, you know, told them who we were, you know, introduced ourselves. And we said, we believe that we're supposed to help you all purchase grocery tonight. And he was looking at us. I said, ain't I said, so I took the husband with me, and Joanne stayed with the wife. So we had our buggy, and we started shopping. <laughs> And uh, he was finding the cheapest grocery he could find, the cheapest meats. I took him to the meat section. He's finding the cheapest meats. I said, well, don't she like uh, fried chicken wings? Don't she like pork chops? <laughs> How about steak? Don't she like some of those things? And I had him go and get some of those things and put it in, the, in his buggy. Now, whether we ever see them again, that's okay. But we were obedient to what the Spirit of the Lord was saying to us. And see, and sometimes out of fear, we won't do those things. We will not carry out and, and do those things. I'm quite sure all of us, the Lord has at times, at, at times in our lives, has spoke some things to us, and we just kind of like, oh, I don't know. And I raise my hand, guilty as charged. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still walking it out. I'm still putting shoe leather to it. But you was created for good works. That's a good work. Amen? That's a good work when you're, you're in line with somebody and the Holy Spirit is saying, well, you know, this, that person needs, needs a, word, a word from you or they need prayer. Just ask them. You'll be surprised. Most people will say, yes, um, I need prayer. Now let you stand right there and pray for them, right there in the grocery line. And you don't have to be loud and boisterous and all that, but you can just be calm and collective and just pray for them and release the healing of the Lord, whatever they need for that time. That's good works, guys. That's good works. All right? Um, the kingdom, do not misunderstand. God is already at work in the darkest places and nations of the world. And one of my uh, perfect examples, let's go to uh, Psalms 139. And we all know this Psalms from David. Verse 139, verses 7, 7, um, <laughs> it says, where can I go from your spirit? Psalms 139. 
Yeah, Psalms one. Psalms one thirty-seven verse one thirty-nine verse seven. Right. It says, "Where can I go from your spirit, or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. And if I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there." If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day, and the darkness and the light are both alike to you. So what it was saying here to us is that when we think God is not at work, he is. Another perfect example, and I'll just, um, you can go back and just read the story about Jonah. God had a heart for the city of Nineveh. He wanted the prophet to go there. And to what? And cause the people to repent. And the word of God says that even they put... Um, <laughs> They, they put coats or whatever on, um, on, even on the animals. And that city repented. Because God was concerned about that dark area and that nation of the world. So we need to keep that in mind. And then um, the kingdom is always expanding into new areas of influence in the world. And we look at Daniel, one of my favorite scriptures. Daniel 7, 13. Daniel 7. And we, here we go. And Daniel says, verse 13, 7th chapter, he says, I was watching in the night visions and behold one like the son of man coming with the clouds of heaven he came to the ancients of days and they brought him near before him then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples nations and languages should serve him his dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. And Habakkuk, when he was prophesying, 2 and 14, he says, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And the waters is talking about people or the sea. It's going to cover. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. And the glory of the Lord is us right here. Because we carry his glory. We carry it no matter where you go. You carry his glory with you. Amen? Amen. And basically, I'm done. I just want to hit a few of these. But God is at work. But we need to know what we believe. And we need to be able to, as we believe it, to start to walk it out and put shoe leather to it. Because for our church is a glorious church. And we must remember that it's not this building, but it's us.
It's us. We are his church. We are the tabernacle where God dwells. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I was talking to my granddaughter. She was asking me a few questions. I said, don't you know that you're the temple of God? I said, the fullness of God dwells in you. And I used to wrestle with that. And I'm getting ready to close. But I used to wrestle with that because I was the denomination I was in. Well, I believed it. But the but where I was at the particular time with that denomination, they didn't believe that. So then other people would tell me, but you got the fullness of God living in you. And we say, oh, no. Oh, no. But then you go back and read the word, where it says, oh, yes. You have it all. But all of this comes down to what? To what you believe. What is it that you believe? But you have the fullness of him dwelling in you. Anything that you have need of is already there within you. Amen? So, Father, I just thank you for, uh, for this time, Lord God. And I, I pray, Father God, that, that these words and that these scriptures fell on the ears and fell on the, uh, touched the hearts, Lord God, of your people, Father. And, Father, most of all, that it touched me as I was studying, Lord God, that it can help me to walk out what you have called me to do. But not only me, but the others that are sitting here and are hearing your word, Father, in the name of Jesus. And Father, we just, we're just thanking you that this place is a glorious place, that this is a glorious house, Lord God. And that, and that we're moving forward and we're not backing up. And Father God, uh, we just thank you for all of that right now, Lord. In the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you for all the ones that are coming in. I will continue to say that. I thank you for the ones that are coming in. We give you praise for it, Father. We thank you, for Lord God. For we are a house that love has built. So, Father, we give you praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen.